Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome to Answering the Call, the weekly radio program that features phone-in highlights from Mother Angelica's classic live shows of the 80s and the 90s. I'm Doug Keck, along with our chaplain, EWTN chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. We'll act as your guides for this insightful look at Mother Angelica's nonsense mixed with a healthy dose of compassion as she tackles the everyday spiritual concerns of everyday people as only she could. She always has practical advice. It's not some pie-in-the-sky <laughs> ethereal kind of theories, but it's like nitty-gritty uh, blood and guts <laughs> practical knowledge on the spiritual life and how to live it out. Absolutely, and that's why I think it's so interesting. Uh, If you listen to Mother in this program or you've read her books, you realize how compassionate she is, but she's tough. She has tough Mm -hmm. love for those who know better. That's why recently uh, someone republished an old article, and they brought up uh, a line in this original article from 1995 where the person... uh, a priest said, they, uh, and this was the line from there I thought was interesting. I wanted your reaction. The Catholic Church has projected my mother Angelica is one holy Catholic and apostolic. It's also extremely angry. Hmm. <laughs> I was just talking with some visitors here recently, and, you know, they talk about just her humor is what attracts them, but also that she doesn't beat around the bush. There's a certain clarity there. And so one of the topics that we'll be talking about today is truth. Is there such a thing as truth? Absolutely. And the topics we're going to be dealing with is being a family through prayer. Does God say, or what does God say when you die? Discussing the reality of truth and faith, as you just alluded to, Father, and also what it really means to be a traditional Catholic, quote-unquote. So let's, uh, let's talk about the first one, being a family through prayer. Now, as far as being a family through prayer, how does one go about that? You know, Mother has a really beautiful insight here, and she's talking about children that were estranged from their parents. There was a disagreement, as often happens. I've talked to many families, of course, in this situation. But Mother has a beautiful insight that you can still be a family by praying for them, and that you're united in God, in Christ, even if they're still physically distanced from you and they they want it that way, when you're praying for them, there's a certain unity that's being brought about. Absolutely. She talks about bitterness in this, uh, but the idea in praying for them, what it tends to do as well as we found is that when you're praying for someone you're angry with, Mm -hmm. it's harder to be angry (laughs) with them. And again, you know, her mother would say, she doesn't necessarily say in the show, you know, send your guardian angel to their guardian angel Mm -hmm. to say, you know, we've, we've got to work this out. You can't bring this to the grave. It's not important enough. Yeah, resentment melts away when we pray for someone because you're bringing love into the equation. Exactly. Being a family through prayer can be tough, but it's worth it. And we have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Florida. Oh, good. <laughs> and what is your question? Yes, Mother. You were talking about the family. Yeah. And that you know, we should talk to each other, sit down, talk to each other. My husband and I live in Florida. Our two children live in New York. Mm-hmm. At the time that my husband and I moved to Florida, our children weren't talking to us. My daughter's 32 years old. She's married. And my son, uh, he's 23 now. 
My daughter hasn't spoken to us in eight years. My son hasn't spoken to us in six. Hmm. Uh, we have tried. We've called. <sighs> we've sent cards. We've sent letters. I've asked family to talk to them. They, they claim that they were mad that when my husband and I moved to Florida that we didn't let them know. That's true. We didn't because three years prior to our moving to Florida, <clears throat> we had had a disagreement with my married uh, daughter and at 17 years old, my son just walked out of our house and went to live with her. And she, did, she didn't try to call us, tell us anything. She never sent him back home. She kept him. And I couldn't get him back, okay? And my husband, um, in the meantime, my husband, he became disabled. He had three back surgeries. And the doctor said that it would be better for him if he was in a warmer climate. And we figured, what do we have there? That They won't talk to us. In three years, they wouldn't speak to us while we were there. So we sold our house, and we came down to Florida. Um, I contacted my children. We contacted them when I was, we were down here. Um, I had gotten uh, breast cancer, and we called them up to tell them a year after the, the, the surgery. And, you know, they, it, uh, my daughter spoke with my husband. She wouldn't speak with me. How's mommy? Is she all right? And my husband said, yeah, it was very bad. You know, everything's fine, thank God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spoke with my son, and they won't talk to me now. Well, you have to understand that you still can be family. There are circumstances like that all the time in today's world. Some kids leave home just because they think uh, they ought to be on their own. Coldness and indifference is everywhere. So how are you family then? How are you family now? By prayer. If you and your husband just get together and know that your children need your prayers. See, part of family is to provide for others. Now, you can't provide for them by any external acts of love or concern. They're bitter or whatever. But you can pray for them. And in that prayer, as you and your husband pray for them, at that moment, even if you're saying a Hail Mary, even if you're saying a rosary, even if you're just asking the Lord to guard and guide and protect them, your family. You say, well, they don't know it. It's okay. In the eyes of God, you and your husband have brought them in to the family of God. And one day, without you even realizing it, those kids may call you up. Why? Because the grace of God is beginning to, to go out and reach out to them. If you just stay home and you talk against them, you don't understand what happened. Bitterness, a lack of forgiveness begins to well. That's what chokes family. It just chokes family. And you get further and further away, not only by miles, but in your mind and in your heart. If, if you and your husband would spend some time just forgiving and loving them, maybe you can't talk to them. They don't talk to you. That is not the point. You can still be family. See, we cannot depend upon other people's dispositions to make family. They don't even like you anymore. But that's not important. The important thing is that in this moment of prayer, and love for Jesus and a forgiving heart, 
you have brought them in back to you spiritually. And the grace of God will touch them in a very special way. So please, all of you out there, don't waste your time talking about the whole situation, talking about what they did last year and the year before, and they refused to come for Christmas. Don't do that. That's what separates. And then you'll never be family again. A loving heart will go out to everybody, even when they don't know it. But God's grace will reach out to New York or wherever there. There's no space with God. Try that, will you? And, Father, our next topic is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. A caller called in, wanted to know, does God say when we die? You know, we talk about St. Joseph as a patron of a happy death. And how can we say there is such a thing as a happy death? Well, we can say there is such a thing as a happy death because Christ is risen from the dead. And we know that we come into the fullness of life in that transition from this life to the next. And the reason I bring that up is because Mother's talking about the reality of suicide, right? That God is the author of life, he's the author of death. And so what we want to pray for and strive for is to live in such a way that we can have this happy passing into eternity. And you know what? It's not that far away. You know, time passes very quickly. Absolutely, and she, uh, she connects it with abortion as well and euthanasia, these kinds of things where people are trying to be self-determinant and they're mm -hmm. not relying on the Lord to be the one who decides, quote-unquote, when it's your time to go. Yeah, that God knows what is best for our sanctification, and suffering is part of that equation. It's not for us to shortchange God in what he's doing in our souls. Right, and she also t talks about not being such a risk taker, uh, like driving the roulette red lights, in effect, playing mm -hmm. Russian roulette with your life. Yeah, so it is a very serious thing for you to take your own life and just to, like I said, pray for a happy death and to think about the end, that God has his perfect time that's going to lead you to the perfection of eternal life. Absolutely. We trust him on everything else. Why not this? We have another call. Hello? Hello. Uh, where are you from? Union, New Jersey. Oh, good. And what is your question? My question is, does God determine when we die? Why is that? Now give it to me slow. Huh? I said give it to me slow. Oh. I said, does God determine when we die? Yes, he does. That's why suicide is so serious, because you determine when you die instead of God. That's why abortion is so serious. You cannot determine that this tiny little child that God gave life to you kill. Not only is that murder, I, you don't want to hear that. I know you don't, but it is. It's murder. But you decide against God. See? No, God determines. He should determine. Now with all this euthanasia and assisted suicide, what do you mean by that? Assisted murder used to be a crime. You can't. You can't. God determines life, and you say no. God determines death, and you say no. 
You can't live that way. See, you understand that? You cannot live that way. And go straight to heaven. I mean, you're really kidding yourself. You're in some kind of dream world. You can't. No more than you can go through that red light. You want to play Russian roulette? That's your choice. Don't be surprised when you blow your brains out. You did it. Now, thank God, there is confession and repentance. But once you take a life or yours, only God can judge. But you, you really have no right to do that. See? There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us here on Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Keck here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at EWTN. Next up, Mother takes a call, Father, discussing the reality of truth and faith. They do go together, don't they? I love a sentence that she has in here. Sounds like he's educated beyond his intelligence, you know, <laughs> that we can be educated beyond what is common sense, you know, that we know God must exist, and we know that there is truth, and to just say that we live in a relativistic world is not living in reality, you know, and she says as a, a point of fact that you go to a court of law, there's such a thing as truth, and you're going to d discover it there if nowhere else. Right, you're going to find out. I, well, do you think sometimes with the situation we live in today with uh, dealing with truth is, is so many people live in, live in a, almost a virtual reality situation mm -hmm. through their computer or th through their cell phone or something that they feel like they can kind of control and create? Yes, and even the whole gender ideology is that I'm going to create my own reality. Well, why not live in true reality, the way God has designed us to be, the way things truly are? When we live outside of reality, as it's said, um, that God always forgives, man sometimes forgives, nature never forgives. And so when we go against nature, there's always consequences. Absolutely, which is always surprising why so many intelligent people miss that point. She also makes the point here I think was really good. She talks about supernatural f truth. Now that takes faith. Mm -hmm. And she'll explain to us exactly in discussing the reality of truth and faith. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. And where are you from? Middletown, New York. And what is your question? First, I just want to say, praise God, this is the fourth time I've gotten on your program. And I love you. Thank um, you. My question is, um, recently I've encountered um, people that have kind of attacked me, saying that um, there's no such thing as truth, only belief. And that as a, as a Catholic, I have no right to say that um, we are the true church. And I can't say that everything is true in the Bible because we did not live during those times. And I realized talking to these people that they really didn't have a lot of faith, so I didn't know how to respond. I just said that I, I love them and I would pray for them. But I wanted to know your reaction in, in a better way that I could educate these people. <sighs> you can't believe anybody thinking there's no such thing as truth. You have a hard time in a court of law. Uh, I don't know where he came from. Where did that person come from, I wonder? Is he a college buddy? 
sound like he's educated beyond his intelligence. <laughs> Isn't that true? There's no truth. I, I can't. <laughs> oh, Jesus, very true. <laughs> There's, there's awesome truths. See, awesome truths. You, you can everywhere, you, there's truths in nature. They are, in fact, there are truths so accurate, like um, my calendar now, I got a 1995 calendar. I don't know why I got it. I'm having enough trouble with 94. Um, but it tells me up to December 95 when the sun is going to rise. That's how accurate God's nature is. That's a truth. There are truths in the universe. See, that's what bugged all the astronomers about Jupiter. Nothing ha they happened the way they thought it was, but they were surprised it happened. Now, how do you like that? They're drinking champagne because what they thought happened, what happened. It shows how unsure they are on a general level, you know? Yeah, it's happening. They weren't sure. See? There are truths everywhere. You, you hit a truth everywhere you go. There's air. I don't see the air, but I know if you shut it off, I can't breathe. That's a truth. It's a natural truth. I think what he's talking about is supernatural truths. See, a brain surgeon can say, if I touch this part of your brain, this is where you remember, and this, but he can't explain it. You can't. He can tell you how it works and why and what will happen if this happens, but he can't explain it. It's a mystery, see. God's human truth even you can't explain fully. You can't hardly explain fully. Electricity, you can tell me how. But there's a lot of knowledge. A physicist could come here and even create a few little uh, electrical things. But there are truths. A biologist, a physicist couldn't live without truth. Now, you may not know why this and this go together and make something else, but it's a truth. Nature is so exact. Remember the watch I told you about? There must be a supreme being for everything to go so well, so well and so accurate that I can tell the time and I can tell when the sun's going to rise and set when there's a new moon, a half moon, a quarter moon, the next 20 years. Now you talk about supernatural truth. That takes faith. Faith. And that's faith is a gift from God. See? It's a shame to go your entire life and never know there is a God or a God that loves you a God that's so close that Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Wow. Wow. 
say, oh, Mother, do you believe that? Oh, it's more than belief. Faith has to come and then I accept it. That's belief. See, if I don't accept faith, if I don't accept the laws of faith, if I don't accept the gift of faith, belief doesn't come before faith. Belief comes after faith. So he's wrong. I must have faith to believe. It would be stupid for me to say, I don't believe astronauts walked on the moon. It was really the Sahara Desert. They made up this big plane and they in the Sahara Desert and they had a couple big, uh, big holes here and there and they got these big suits on and they walked, walked, walked and they drove and they, they put back up with all the Sahara Desert. Now that's, if somebody came and said, looked at those pictures, we just all saw them how many months ago. And you did not, you didn't believe. Somebody didn't tell you what happened. That's where faith comes in. I believe. Now I, why would I not believe that? Why would I think something so stupid that it's a Sahara Desert? There are truths, that supernatural truths take a gift from God. I would pray for that man that he receives that gift. And you know, sometimes baptism, baptism is what gives you faith, hope, and love. And that, as you develop, and your parents teach you about God, and teach you the love of God, and the compassion of God, and the goodness of God, and the mercy of God when you goof up, and when the, the actual grace of the moment, so you can, you can control yourself, you can resist temptation. You can receive the Eucharist. Oh, what a wonder. What a wonder that is, huh? What a wonder that is. So, you see, you, you have to have a gift of faith. That seed is planted in baptism. And as you grow, you begin to, what, exercise it. And closing out this program, we have a call having to do with what it really means to be a traditional Catholic. Now, that's a, that's a phrase we hear, I think, in some ways even more today than probably back in the time when this phone call occurred. Yeah, we think of the converse of that, which is to be a cafeteria classic, Catholic, is really what Mother is talking about here. It's not for us to pick and choose what is comfortable for us or what's easy for us or what we want to believe, but what has God revealed? and to be faithful to that and strive to be faithful to that. We all struggle to be faithful to the gospel because it's calling us higher. And to be called higher means that it's going to require effort and, and conversion and uh, holiness of life. And so that's what it means, really, to be a traditional Catholic. I also think it's really interesting um, with the point she makes in this program and with some recent statements that have been made. She said, we have to understand when we say traditional, we're not talking about old-fashioned conservatives. We're talking about people who are Catholic. And let's mm -hmm. see what Mother actually had to say. We have another call. Hello? Mother? Where are you from? Uh, Rockaway, New Jersey. And what is your question? Well, actually, I have a comment. I'd like to publicly thank God and Jesus because... Uh, I put my trust in him in a situation, and he's come through more than I could ever have imagined for. Um, I was really searching for true Catholicism. I wanted to deepen my faith, and 
I'd go to the masses and I would just be disillusioned by the people who just didn't seem to believe in the real presence and, right. and, and just the whole atmosphere with drums on the altar and all these new innovations that really... Who, who was on the altar? Drums. Oh, drums. Drums. I thought they you were, said drunks, I thought. Well, <laughs> no, but they were beating drums and it, it just wasn't yeah, yeah. reverent and it, it just didn't fill my soul. I know. And I had friends who were more traditionalists, but they were outside the auspices of the church, so I, I felt uncomfortable going to the to their masses and I prayed and... Um, Lo and behold, the priestly fraternity of St. Peter oh, took over yeah. a local parish, and, oh, Mother, I, I mean, I'm sure you know, but I wish every Catholic could have the feeling of attending a Mass mm -hmm. that is traditional and, and reading the traditional prayer books, and oh, I can't thank God and Jesus enough for that fraternity and, and for the bishops that allow them to work and, and the great work that they're doing. I've got to get one of them here sometime for the live show because they're very fervent. We have to understand, when we say traditional, we're not talking about old-fashioned conservatives. We're talking about people who are Catholic. You know what I mean? Just plain old Catholic. You could be so, you could be more, you could be more conservative than the Holy Father is, you know? Or you can go the other way and be so liberal, you're almost on the brink of atheism. But the church is true. The church is holy. The church is always the same. It's changeless. And it goes on and on and on. And that's what we mean by traditional. I am a traditional Catholic. This habit proves it. I don't really have to say it. But every true Catholic is traditional. See? For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.